Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. Photo Mission Focus is a weekly podcast where I sit down and just talk about a general photography subject. And this week is um, always, I suppose, the challenge each week is always to come up with something new to talk about. There's lots and lots of stuff being covered off on this podcast over the 200 plus episodes that have been done. And so it's always, you know, looking for things to kind of talk about. So anyone who would like something discussed on the podcast or something to be uh, added, by all means, drop us a message and let us know. But until then, let's get on to this week's subject. And it's going to talk about what type of photographer are you and what type of photographer do you aspire to be? For some people, they may have not even sat down and thought about what type of photographer are they currently, where are they at with their photography, and whether or not they actually have a plan to take their photography somewhere, like to actually aspire to do something more with their photography. And we've talked you know, on Focus many times about having goals and that type of thing, but some people will have some goals based around where they want to be as a photographer over a period of time. But some people, I think, just haven't really thought about it. Their photography just kind of happened. It's just kind of, it's been evolving and they haven't really sat down and maybe thought about too much. So I thought, take this opportunity to talk about it in this episode of maybe sitting there and just having that thought to yourself. Okay, write down what type of photographer am I? So you might, type of things you might write down, you say, okay, look, I'm an enthusiast. You know, or I'm a hobbyist photographer, or you might write down that, you know, you're currently, you're a semi-professional photographer, or you're a professional photographer. There might be other states in between. Everyone's going to have their own idea, I suppose, where they are, where they fit into the photography, you know, how they fit into the photography family and how they describe themselves. So first thing is kind of, like I said, sit down and come up and work out where you are, where you sit, and what type of photography you do and and some of those things that will kind of I suppose dictate to what type of photographer are you currently will dictate things like how often do you shoot you know are you a photographer that shoots once a month once a week you shoot every day you shoot just once a year I mean even if you only shot once a year you, you still can call yourself a photographer if you pick the camera up at some point in the year and take a photo that's you're still a photographer aren't you but it's, I suppose, defining on what type of photographer. So are you a kind of a regular photographer where you just regularly shoot or are you kind of an irregular photographer where you only shoot every now and then? And there's lots of reasons why people will be in different camps, I suppose, regarding on how often they shoot. And that's going to be life commitments, work, other work commitments and all those type of things all come into play that sometimes people just don't physically have the time to probably shoot as much as they would like to shoot like I said so so maybe it's that could be a part of the thing that you want to aspire to that you don't want to you don't want to move from the you might be quite happy being an enthusiast photographer or a hobby photographer but you might aspire to be able to shoot more and also increase your skills and it might be that you might want to you know move into a particular type of shooting that you that you enjoy it might be like you want to shoot um, portraiture well, you want to shoot fashion or you want to shoot street photography or something else. And I think the key with all photography, and it's been kind of talked about 
many different forums, and, and that is consistency. If you do shoot more, obviously that's going to put you in a better position than someone who shoots much less. So if you're regularly behind the camera and you're regularly shooting, that's definitely going to help you build your skills. It's definitely going to help you build your confidence as a photographer. And a part of, I suppose, giving yourself a label will come back to how confident you are as a photographer to what label you'll put on yourself. So some people are reluctant to label themselves a particular, you know, say, oh, I'm, 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 I'm not really a photographer. I just, you know, I'm playing with my camera and I just try and, you know, try a few different things. So again, it really comes back to your, I suppose, how confident you are within yourself, you know, with what you do with the camera to what you will call where you'll position yourself as a photographer. So just have a think about that. What type of photographer are you currently? And maybe you're actually where you're currently at. That's You have no kind of desire to move past that point. But I know for some people, they, you know, they get to, they start their photography and they wish they get to a particular skill set or a particular level of photography or shooting a particular type of um, photography. And sometimes it takes time to build up your network or build up the, you know, make the opportunities to get out and shoot some stuff. Because sometimes, like I said, if you wanted to be, say, a concert photographer shooting live music, then obviously you've got to build up your network of connections so you can get in and shoot those types of things. And that takes time to do that. And then, like I said, once, you know, you've kind of defined, I suppose, where you are as a photographer and what type of photographer you are currently, I suppose then you can decide then what type of photographer do you aspire to be? You know, where do you where do you want to take your photography? And like I said, for some people, it may be they're already there. They've already taken their photography to a level that they're happy with and they don't, you know, they're not interested in moving it any further forward. They're at that happy spot and that's fantastic. But there's other people, like I said, who are kind of still maybe trying to find their happy spot. They're trying to find that place where they're, super comfortable with their photography and what they do and again it's like it's like everything in life we do quite often it takes some time sometimes to find your feet sometimes just to find you know where you where you need to be and like I said some people you know take a long long time to to get to that point and other people are lucky enough to to stumble across it fairly quickly and and get themselves in a position where they know exactly what where they are and where they fit within photography community so on this episode of focus talking about what type of photographer are you and have you actually thought about what type of photographer are you and talking about also where do you want to take your photography so what type of you know where do you aspire to be you know and it might be over a given time period where you might say well in the next five years I'd like to be this level doing this type of photography and again Everyone's going to have a different dream. Everyone's going to have a different set of circumstances. And the other thing too, I suppose, for a lot of people, everyone's going to have a different set of opportunities come their way. And and I think, you know, this is one one area sometimes where people, sometimes someone goes, oh, you were really lucky because you met such and such and then they put you in touch with these people and then, you know, your career really took off. And sometimes, like I said, people do get a lucky break. They do actually get a kind of, a, I suppose, a step up the ladder. They get a bit of an accelerated start because someone can leapfrog them into a into an area where they can kind of quickly kind of establish themselves. 
But I think for a lot of people like who think, oh, I never have any luck, quite often I think it's about trying to get the right mindset because if you kind of go into something thinking that you're going to fail um, or you're not going to have better make a great go of it, chances are that's exactly what will happen. But quite often it becomes a kind of a, a self-fulfilling um, prophecy where basically you, if you kind of come into something with a lot of doubt and thinking you're going to fail, quite often that's what's going to happen. And I know sometimes it's hard to kind of turn that around and try and see the positives and try and see that, yes, I can actually, I can, you know, I can do something with my photography. I can actually get to a level where I'm really, really comfortable with behind the camera. And I think that's for a lot of people is sometimes that's that's what they aspire to be. They just aspire to be comfortable behind the camera that way, you know, they can pick up the camera, they can walk into a situation where there's something to photograph and they can just kind of go about their way photographing it. I suppose the thing with any time we aspire to be something or we, you know, dream to have a goal to do something, what we've also got to be very mindful of in this age of technology, the way things are moving forward is that things are changing in the creative industry space. Things are changing in all areas of the creative industry and photography is not, yeah, there's no exception. Photography is definitely being impacted by AI and a range of other things that's happening. And I think once upon a time, it was a good thing to be able to find a niche market and be able to get really, really good at it basically be that person that did this type of photography so you knew that when people needed someone to do a particular style of photography your name would come up and you'd be able to jump in and do it the thing that's changing now i think is that where that used to be a kind of a position you could get yourself into and you could actually build a career around that things are changing now where if you're kind of a, i suppose a, a one-trick pony that you can just do this really thing really amazingly well and then that part of what you do gets impacted by technology, then potentially you've painted yourself into a corner. So I think time is now, like I said, where people who had done that, who had actually really niched down, got really good in a particular area of photography and they ruled that only to have something happen in that space and then all of a sudden they were, like I said, had all their eggs in one basket. And I think... Now's the time to really think about photography in a different way and thinking about maybe not having all your eggs in one basket but being a bit more diversified to try and have, I suppose, a few more things in your toolbox, a few more skills, a few more areas. But again, you're going to have to be really good at each one of those. So if there's multiple things that you can get across, you still need to be delivering at a really, really high level. It's no good being kind of you know, jack of all trades and a master of none. You really want to be have multiple strings to your bow, but be able to perform all those things at a really high level. So basically, if something starts to go down a different pathway, and they, um, I suppose, the need in the community, whether it be commercially or or, or wherever, disappears because of technology comes in and replaces. And this has happened many, many times in the past where something's been replaced by new technology and the older technology had to kind of find a way to pivot. And sometimes like some of, sometimes people were able to do that successfully because they had, they could see the writing on the wall early enough and they started to 
make moves before it got to a critical mass point. Some people don't, you know, make that change until critical mass has been hit. And once critical mass has been hit, you, it's kind of too late because it goes, everything goes past you like a, like a, you know, um, a tornado. It's just, you know, it's out of control. It's just flying past you. So I think the thing is obviously try and always keep your finger on the pulse of whatever area you're in. And look, this really only affects people who are making, I suppose, a living out of photography. If you're an enthusiast photographer or a hobby photographer, what happens in the world in that space is not going to affect you if you're a hobbyist photographer, if you're not actually making a living from it. But if you are making some money from it, and or it is you know it is your sole gig. This is how you make make all your living is through photography. Then obviously, now's the time to really think about. I suppose what other things can I do to just kind of make myself a bit more resilient, and I suppose make yourself a bit more have some redundancy built into what you do, because like I said, some people have actually found themselves kind of caught in a space where they niche down. Things have happened and now they're kind of scrambling to reinvent themselves. So I think it's really good thought to have quite often if you are in a position where it's where you are making money from photography is to think about how you can basically do do some more things to help you kind of like stay stay abreast of everything so you still can be something that's you know needed to happen. And like I said, and if you're working in a completely different area of photography, like I said, just purely in the in the enthusiast space, then you can sit back and watch all this stuff happen. But I mean, it just allows you to, I suppose, not have to worry about the impact. But for some photographers, the changing world out there will have an impact on them. And and look, I mean, a lot of photographers take photography, you know, it could be their profession and it's what they do, but they also then... The reason they got into photography originally was probably because they loved creating, they loved the medium of photography, they loved being able to take a photo. So people take photos, even when they're at kind of that commercial level, they're taking photos, they're still taking photos for themselves a lot of the time, they enjoy it, and you hear quite often photographers will get to a point where they'll start winding back from work because they're finding that they're just doing all this work but they're not actually shooting anything for themselves. And that kind of then makes it, it changes the whole dynamics of it. It's like anything, if you've got something that you love and then you turn it into your profession and then it becomes a kind of like a pressure cooker grind, then the gloss is all gone. Like it's, you're not kind of, you know, having that joy anymore, doing that thing that you loved. So sometimes, like I said, people have had to peel it back and kind of get themselves back on track. In this episode of Focus, I've been talking about defining what type of photography you are and also thinking about where you fit into the photography community and whether whether it's something that you need to start considering, whether you need to start having contingency plan to, to bring some other things on board if you're using photography to, to either supplement your income or, or totally support you, then it may be time to really kind of think about that because with the kind of, I suppose, the speed at some of the stuff moving and it's interesting because in the past we had new technology came in and it was like when I suppose digital photography first started to emerge and people were shooting film, oh yeah, I don't have to worry about that digital stuff. It's going to be, you know, it's kind of going to be a bit of a novelty and it's not really going to do, it's not going to take over my job. And then people still learn that as that technology 
developed and the digital cameras got better and better that all of a sudden pretty much all the people shooting film had to jump ship and switch over and start shooting digital just to compete with their you know with their counterparts because basically you know if you're shooting film and you know someone else is offering digital photography there's some advantages that they could offer that you couldn't offer with film and you know typically it could be the the speed of your turnaround images obviously with film you had to after you exposed film you had to get it processed and then there could be you know delays or whatever but with you know digital photography the the photographer had had the images they had they had the files there ready to go so if they were really keen i mean they could do the shoot and then they could go back to their office and jump on the computer and download the images and um have images ready for the person who's going to get the images really really quickly so i think that's where people were thinking originally that film is going to be rule the roost and then digital started really coming in and biting the lead-in period for that was quite long so people actually had time to kind of adapt to what was happening so basically you know as they were transitioning over from film to to digital they had a bit of time to do that a bit of time to find their feet and a bit of time to to kind of work out which direction they wanted to go but i think with some of the new technologies that are coming through it's really different because it's it's the speed that we're seeing developments happening the way things like ai has kind of started to and we're hearing like you know man, manufacturers are building more ai into cameras where the cameras are doing more ai in camera to be able to, to do things that once you know a skilled photographer had to do, you know basically do that now that um person maybe of not as great skill set could then use that type of camera and achieve a fantastic result because the ai helped them to do that and i think that's you know that's true and that's going to happen that people are going to be able to pick up a camera and not necessarily have a really big strong set of skills but still have to have some knowledge about using the camera and about how to you know compose a picture and all that type of stuff and obviously knowing when to take the picture is a big part of making an image quite often when it comes into a situation like a you know an event type situation is timing is everything same as street photography you know timing is the, the critical thing that if you get the timing wrong you take the shot at the wrong place at time and place and all that type of jazz it just doesn't work but i mean like i said and technology probably can't really do that at the moment um because it still needs to operate behind the camera but we're seeing these changes so we're seeing the changes you know, with uh, chatbots and um, we're seeing things now with Bing being um, with an AI component added to a browser. So this browser gives a lot more power as far as when you go search on the internet for something. You know, it can it can drag up a whole lot more information and be, I suppose, like a one-stop shop to be able to deliver all the information in one kind of package. And I think that's really kind of, it's exciting and it's scary at the same time because as we see and we don't and this is the thing is this happens with all technology quite often when technology comes out new technology that people assume that it's going to be used in a particular way in a particular field and then as people get that technology then they start to adapt it to work somewhere where it wasn't you know necessarily intended to work but then they get it working there and it works really really well which is 
what happens? We, we're so, I suppose, as humans and creatives, and that's what creatives do, that we're quick to kind of look out how we can how we can capitalize on something. So something like AI comes along, how can we capitalize on that and use it to our advantage? And I think that's the thing that there's, there's things that haven't even been thought about yet, how AI will be used. And I'd, you know, once upon a time, I'd say, oh, that's sometime in the future. You know, it's going to be a long time before you see that type of thing happening. But I think the way we're seeing AI moving at the moment is it it's not going to be that far into the future. Like it's going to be sooner rather than later. And I think that's the thing where a lot for a lot of people, they need to kind of, I suppose, wake up to the fact that technology is coming pretty fast and it's changing things and it will continue to change it. Look, the internet has really changed things. People will say things like, you know, the pandemic really changed the way the online shopping experience happened and it actually accelerated where people were, were you know, time was going to always be that more and more people were going to shop online. That was that was a given. Like, you know, everyone knew that at some point people would become more educated, more, you know, time poor where, you know, shopping online was a great way to 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 utilize their time to kind of get things they needed without having to spend time traveling to the shops and searching around the shops for those items and then traveling back. So I think that's what happened, but people got kind of a, a fast track education in online shopping. So people who'd never shopped online before kind of were put in a position where if they needed something, probably the only way they could get it was to shop online. And companies like Amazon have really made it, I suppose, easy for people with you know, things like Prime where they've got this really fast delivery service and they pretty much deliver seven days a week. So pretty much you can order something and have it, you know, at your fingertips fairly quickly. So that's really changed the way, you know, shopping's happened and it's really had a, an impact on a lot of retailers. I mean, some of the big department stores have really struggled because they haven't been able to kind of adapt quick enough. And the bricks and mortar proposition of a of a big, you know, retail department store is coming probably being less and less like something that's going to continue to grow like they're not going to be these big mega stores built in the future it's going to be i think more smaller boutique type stores where sometimes people just where they don't need to hold a lot of stock but you know they just need to maybe a place where a customer can go in and they can see and experience a product and then go online and order you know the exact product they want now that they've actually now that they've touched and, and felt that product you know they know they know the quality of it they know the sizing of it all those types of things that people then will do it so I think that's what's happened like people have been educated people have you know and people have adapted fairly quickly to the point where now where you know organizations like you know Australia Post which is the national mail service the humble letter is something that used to be the the backbone of the mail delivery system so people would post letters and I can remember in our business you know we would do these amazing you know we'd, we had all these customers we would had um, customers who we had recurring invoicing we had to do for them and so we'd be doing this massive big mail out you know every month or every couple of months we'd be doing this big mail out we'd take a big box of of um letters to the post office and to have them you know counted and stamped and that type of thing so we can mail them away I can't even tell you the last time our business actually sent someone a piece of mail via 
mail service. It just hasn't happened because now all our customers receive all that information via an email. So we just email it, So which has been fantastic because it's taken away the, I suppose, the need for the time to print, fold stuff and take to the post office process. All that's been changed now by the digital age. And, and again, it was something that came in it didn't come in like a like a tsunami. It came in slowly, so we had time to adapt, and it was quite easy for people to to transition over their systems over from you know a paper based system to a paperless type system, which a lot of offices now are kind of fairly paperless. Like there's not much happens. It all lives in an online environment now. Where in the past, it, you know, it lived in folders. It lived in filing cabinets and that type of stuff. So the world has really changed. But again, that the, the speed that that happened was quite manageable. And like I said, even with the, even with what happened during the pandemic is that businesses largely had a little bit of time to work on changing over. And so a lot of businesses could adapt very quickly. They, you know, people like restaurants and that started kind of offering takeaway, huge takeaway menus. So basically they could keep their kitchens working keep people at the back working, not have people at the front serving on tables, but people preparing food then having, you know, the various different food delivery services taking that out and delivering it to people. So people kind of, like I said, transitioned into a different way of, I suppose, doing their business. And like I said, for the creative industries, you know, we're seeing, like I said, changes happening. And I think it is going to be, they're going to come hard and fast now. I think what's going to happen is we're just going to see one innovation after another, after another, after another. And we're going to see this kind of cascading bombardment of technology coming at us. And I think the same thing is going to happen. We're going to start to see it, I think, in with transport, especially with electric vehicles. We're going to start to see more and more manufacturers. Yeah, you know, there's some manufacturers who are saying, you know, they're, they're ceasing production of petrol uh, or gasoline-powered cars by, you know, 2025 or 2026 where they're going to be kind of become fully electric so that's coming pretty quick and it's coming because some of the technology that they've been kind of waiting for has started to evolve so they can they can produce these things products and and make them kind of i suppose a feasible replacement because that's sometimes what happens with technology sometimes something's put forward as an alternative way to do something but at the moment you know sometimes for many years, it's not feasible because, yes, you could produce an electric car 20 years ago, but the cost of doing it was very high. The range was very poor because the battery technology that existed at the time didn't allow electric cars. And electric cars have been around since cars were even kind of considered. Like, I mean, there's been so many different variants of people building electric-powered vehicles. It's kind of, you know, we saw a bit of a, I suppose, in the personal people move a tight scenario with things like e-scooters and e-bikes you know we've seen an explosion of that technology where most people now are familiar with you know a lot of cities have the the electric scooters that people can jump on and scoot from a to b and they just hire them on a need to be basis and that's kind of evolved fairly quickly and it's done because battery technology and other technologies have all come together to allow to make a product that actually really doesn't have too many downsides like it has a lot of really positive upsides so i think that's where sometimes you know we 
we're at a point where things happen quickly and I think that's where we are with AI. We're going to start to see more and more stuff happening. So it might be you know, timely to think about if you are in the, in the space of making a living out of your photography, maybe it's a time to start really thinking about what type of photographer you are and where you want to be because what you, you know, if you kind of used previous, looking at, say, the previous growth of different businesses, we can't no longer look back on the past because the rules have changed. Things are, you know, the goalposts have actually moved. So once upon a time business, you could always go back and look at what you previously did and then use that as a me- to measure off to see what you can do in the future. But now that's not really a viable proposition anymore because the world's changing and it's changing quicker than ever before. And I think that's the thing that people, sometimes we get kind of, I suppose we have our um, blinders on that we can't see what's happening around us. Um, like I said, because we're used to stuff moving kind of slowly in some areas and we go, yeah, we've got time to adapt. We've got time to do that. And I think really as photographers now, we really have to start thinking about where we fit into the world and the type of things that we do and maybe the type of things that we'll do in the future. And I'm kind of excited to the point too that knowing that some of the stuff coming could really, really help you satisfy some of the bugbears you have with current technology. And I mean, you know, some of the stuff that's been talked about in the AI side of it is things like, you know, in-camera, you know, focus correction where you've missed the focus on a face and the eye's not very sharp and the AI and the camera can work out that, well, you probably were trying to actually take a picture of this person's face and you're probably trying to get their eyes sharp but you missed the focus for whatever reason and the AI could be trained to sharpen that image and sharpen the eyes so I think that's the thing we're going to start to see um, I suppose that's been always my you know wish list for a you know if we had a tool in the camera would want to be when you've got a great shot and the the the, the composition's great um, everything about it's great but you miss the focus and the focus because it's out of focus now it's you've ruined the picture and there's really no coming back from it. If you get that great photo, and I've had this where I've taken a great photo, but I've been two stops under, but that that's fine. You know, I've just grabbed the the raw file, and I've been actually been able to recover the image, and it's been no problem whatsoever. And I've got the shot. So we got this technology now. Like I said, if we were two stops under on film, then you're pretty much you'd you'd miss the boat. You you didn't have it. So. Like I said, in this episode, we've been talking about, I suppose, what type of photographer you are, what type of photographer do you aspire to be, and just some of the changes around us and to maybe think about what's happening in the world of the world around, especially for creative industries and how we're going to be affected and how you might be able to position yourself to be not as effective as much or maybe even that you can create yourself a new, you know, a new spot. Maybe there's a new spot there that you can jump in and occupy. Hope this got you thinking in this episode. If you liked the episode, drop us a comment. We love to hear your comments. Or if you've got a suggestion for a future episode, drop that in the comments as well. Always love to hear your feedback. Don't forget, we're on most of the social media platforms. Um, you can jump in and follow us on those. And also for people in Brisbane and around the Brisbane area, um, don't forget that the Brisbane Photography Festival is coming up in June in Brisbane and um, things are really starting to, to ramp up there and stuff's starting to really come together. So we're looking forward to hopefully people visiting uh, 
the festival and maybe the people will travel from around Australia and come and say hello, which would be great, be fantastic. Until next time, enjoy your photography. This has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. See ya.